Hey guys, welcome to the number 232 ever episode of Wee's Talk with Chase. I am Chase Coburn, and today we are back with another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. In today's episode, we are going to be recapping the Wizards' very highly disappointing loss, I should say, against the at home against the Portland Trailblazers last night before, before previewing their matchup um, at Brooklyn tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. Uh, no Kyrie Irving, no Kevin Durant, no Ben Simmons, it looks like as well. So the Wizards should be able to get a win, but I will talk about all the different components to that game in our normal preview. Subscribe, follow, share, view, and let's get into this. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Wiz Talk with Chase. I am Chase Cobra. Let's start off here by recapping this Wizards uh, versus Trailblazers game. And it was disappointing, to say the least. The Wizards got off to a really hot start, a 15-2 lead. And they were really just playing amazing basketball. They were getting open shots, doing a lot of amazing things. And then before you know it, starting to claw their way back was Portland. And they did it slowly. There wasn't really a moment in the game until late where you really realized, okay, this is happening, Brooklyn's making a comeback. I mean, I told you guys that Dame would need to go crazy to beat the Wizards. He didn't go that crazy. Of course, 29-3-6 is not a bad game by any means, but didn't shoot the ball overly efficient. And it was really disappointing to see Anthony Simons, first off, put up 31 points by making... Not one, not two, not three, not four, not five, not six, not seven, not eight, but nine three-pointers. I was absolutely um, um, disappointing to see. Not only that, but then the fact that Trenton Walford, I repeat, Trenton Walford had 21 points. 21 points. No offense to Trenton Walford. He should not be putting up 21 points, okay? He is not a guy that should be putting up 21 points, 21. And to be honest, it was lack of physicality by the Wizards. They let the Blazers get a lot of rebounds towards the end of the game when the Pacers had already, I mean, when the Blazers, I keep calling them the Pacers, when the Blazers had already come back and it still didn't look like the Wizards could make up for their mistakes and still be able to win. It would have been five and their ball as... They forced Portland to miss a big shot. Then, though, all of a sudden, boom, Trenton Walford comes out of nowhere because of the Wizards' lack of aggression to the basketball. They didn't draw a lot of fouls either. Uh, Portland was in the bonus. The Wizards really didn't draw a lot of contact. They didn't drive to the paint. Like, they should. They had 33 three-point attempts. But that's okay if you can make them. But when you shoot them at a little over league average rate, and on the other side, they're shooting them at a 41.5% rate, it's just, it, it, that's not, it's not going to work. And it really does tell you something, and it, this isn't a, um, a knock against Beal. 
But when Beal needs to be the person that scores, the Wizards lose. They need to have a well-rounded game. And I don't want to overreact, but maybe they can do this against great teams. They did it against San Antonio. They did this against Houston. Can they do it? I mean, they did it against Dallas, but maybe they can't do it against some of these great teams. I mean, Porzingis did everything he could. He had 32-8-4, but when you're relying on so many players and you have a guy like Kuzma having, a, yes, a double-double, but two turnovers, not making a single of one of his five three-pointers, you know, that's kind of concerning. So I think the Wizards really need to play a way around the game. You know, yes, Corey Kispert did play well, putting up 12 points, another double-digit game for him. You know, Denny's got to step up. I was just um, complimenting him and all that last episode. Didn't make a single field goal. I, it, that's unacceptable. It was just honestly an overall not a great performance, and they were highly carried by two or three players. And we saw when they won, they were carried by six, seven players. So I think that's the big difference here. And it's really unfortunate because they had a chance to win this game. But when you let a team claw their way back, you can't expect it. I mean, Josh Hart at 21. We're wrapped up here. But when if you would have told me Dame and Jeremy Grant combined for 39, I'd be like, all right, we good. We chilling. Until I you tell me that Trenton Walford and Josh Hart combined for 42. So, lack of aggression. Lack of almost everything you could possibly have lack of. On the basketball court was the Washington Wizards come second half. And very disappointing. I mean... Yes, the Blazers did make their shots in the second half, and you only had a 50-40-90 game. 50%, if you don't know what that is, 50% from the field, 40% from three, 90% from the line. They shot 49% from the field, 41.5% from three, 91.3% from the line. But when it does, but the point is they wouldn't be given all these opportunities without the Wizards' lack of aggression. If the Wizards were to draw and foul, have a more well-rounded game. If guys like Denny Avdia wouldn't shoot 0 of 8 from the field, or guys like Kyle Kuzma shoot 0 of 5 from 3, this game would have been much different. So it's just a few buckets like that. When the Wizards aren't, can't have a well-rounded team, things do not go well. And we'll see if they do have a well-rounded team tonight against the Brooklyn Nets. And... Uh, um, you know, I was initially going into this game, I was like, oh, they're going to lose, Nets are playing great, but then this past week has been crazy, Durant's continued to be out, Irving now requested a trade, he's out, they say a right calf soreness, whatever, I think he's just sitting out, TJ Warren is out, and the Ben Simmons is questionable, but ESPN is saying he is out, so I think we're going to go off that. And then um, also on the uh, for the, on the Wizards' side, Anthony Gill is still out with health and safety protocol. And then Bradley Beal is questionable, and he did hurt kind of, I think it was his, his calf area uh, yesterday. So uh, during the game, which is not good for the Wizards at all. Originally, he was not in the injury report. Now he is questionable. It does look like he is going to play. If he doesn't, I don't think it should change too much, and we'll talk about that. But, of course, having him is going to help. He put up 34 last night. It was still a nice night from Beal, even though sometimes when they score, it doesn't always result into wins. But, yeah, it was still a nice night from him. It would be really much better to have him on the court. So it does look like he is going to play, but he technically is questionable for the matchup. Technically, he's listed as the same as Ben Simmons, but Beal's percent chance of playing is like 90%, and Simmons is 1%. So you get the point. You get the gist, I should say. For the Washington Wizards, the starting lineup, if Beal does play, it's Morris, Beal, Kuzma, Porzingis, and Gafford. If he doesn't play, Corey Kisper will just take a spot. Nothing new. The Wizards kind of have this rotation of guys that they would put into the starting lineup and then guys they definitely want to keep off the bench. Avdia finally now looks like that guy they really want to keep off the bench. If he is able to step up, which he didn't do last night, but hopefully he is able to respond. Uh, the starting lineup for the Nets, I mean, you could tell me five middle schoolers and I wouldn't be surprised because of the amount of injuries that they have. But 
I think it will turn out to be something like this with Seth Curry, Joe Harris, and Royce O'Neal as the point guard, shooting guard, and small forward. Then I think they'll have Utah Watanabe, and we'll talk about him going to that power forward spot. And then Nick Claxton. Yes, you got to watch out for Nick Claxton in this matchup. He is playing amazing basketball, to say the least. He is going to be the starting center uh, for the Nets, leading the league in blocks this year, 2.6 blocks a game. That matchup between him and Porzingis, and I'm not doing a matchup of the day today, but I do just want to let you know before we do get into this extensive preview part that that matchup between Nicholas Claxton and Christoph Porzingis is going to be one heck of a matchup between Claxton's athleticism, Porzingis' height, Porzingis' shooting ability compared to Claxton's lack of perimeter defense, but then also on offensive, offensively, can Porzingis guard the lob balls that you know Seth Curry and Royce O'Neal and Joe Harris are going to try to pass to him? So there's many different things you can think about, but I can't wait to be able to watch that. Uh, matchup between uh, Claxton and Porzingis and see how that does go. For the Wizards, I think they will get an 117 to 110 victory over the Brooklyn Nets, starting off with my Coburn's catch. And I think the Wizards will win this game because of Brooklyn's lack of players to take over a game. With Durant Irving out, unlike what Portland had with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons last night, guys who could just take over the game, Brooklyn doesn't have that guy that can take over a game and propel his team to victory if they get off to a slow start like Portland did, which I think they will be just because of the talent that the Wizards have. And something interesting to think about, though, is that the Nets really do match up well with this Wizards team. Royce O'Neal could guard Bradley Beal. Knicks Claxton could guard Christos Porzingis. If some grace of God, Ben Simmons plays, he could guard Kyle Kuzma. But they really don't have anyone for Kuzma. But overall, the matchup isn't terrible, even without some of your key players. But the problem is, I just think the Wizards have too much talent that, okay, sure, Porzingis and Beal are contained. Who's going to guard Kuzma? Who's going to guard Kisper? Who's going to guard Gafford? Other guys will step up because there's going to be lower rotation players going up. So I think the Wizards' talent is just overall too much for the Nets to handle since they don't have that guy that could take over a game and lead them back. So that's why I am going with the Wizards. My surprising statement is I think Utah Watanabe will finish the game with double-digit points in the scoring column. Watanabe is a player who usually scores between uh, 5 and 15 points a game. And we've seen that when he gets over 20 minutes a night, which he will with the amount of injuries that Brooklyn does have, uh, most of the time he's scoring the ball really well. He's getting a lot of points on the board. It really just has to do, kind of like with Kendrick Nunn, the quantity of minutes. If you give him the chance, he will succeed. With the Nets dealing with a plethora of injuries, just like Trenton Walford did last night, and he may not go to the same caliber, uh, kind of a player, Trent Walford, because he was really playing well basically throughout the game, especially in the second half. He may not go to that caliber, but kind of like Trent Walford, a guy that not a lot of people expect, comes in, makes him get some big rebounds, puts some points on the board. He'll kind of be that kind of guy. And I think we'll finish with a near season high. His season high is 20. I think we'll get around that range um, in points and makes, and makes things interesting down at the Barclays Center, unlike I think most people think. Most people, though, for some reason, at ESPN down there and Vegas down there think the Nets should be favored. Moving on to spread time, the Nets are a one-point favorite at home over under 221. I'm absolutely picking the Wizards over under 221. I would barely pick the under. I have, Actually, I would pick 227. I have 227 in my matchup. So, yeah, I actually picked the over. For some reason, I thought I had a, a 207, I mean 217, but yeah, I think 227. Anywhere, honestly, between that range of 217 and 227 does make a lot of sense. My over-under, I would also have a 221. I think that makes a lot of sense. And then I would have the Wizards that was two-point favorites, and I'll talk about why they should still be favored um, with, with 
Beal possibly being out in a little bit. Fantasy Outlook. I do think Kyle Kuzma is going to get 55 to 60 fantasy points. I have Kristaps Porzingis getting 45 to 50 fantasy points. I have Seth Curry getting 40 to 45 fantasy points. I have Utah Watanabe finishing with 40 to 45 fantasy points. And I have Nicholas Claxton getting 35 to 45 fantasy points. What punctuation do you put on that percentage? And I think ESPN giving the Nets a 65.7% chance of winning may be the most outrageous percentage we have ever reacted to here on Wiz Talk with Chase. I get that the Wizards are going on the road on a back-to-back day game, but the Nets are missing so many key players while the Wizards have won six of their last seven games. It should be more like a 50-50 chance. This percentage easily gets an exclamation point. I don't understand. Even without Beal, you still have Kuzma, you still have Porzingis, you still have Kispert. They have guys that can score the ball. Nets simply don't have a lot of that. So I think Yes, I get it. They shouldn't be too much of a favorite, but definitely not be have a under 35% chance of winning. Are you kidding me? Wrong. No. Gets an exclamation point. Last but certainly not least, who you got? And I think it is going to be Kyle Kuzman that is going to have a great game tonight. Kuzma is an amazing player who, despite not playing amazing over his past few games, has really overall been playing great basketball over this winning stretch for the Wizards. And with Ben Simmons and Kevin Durant out, they really don't have a wing that can guard him. It's no offense to Utah Watanabe. I've been, uh, I've been, uh, you know, kind of been, uh, you know, praising him throughout this entire episode. I, he, he can't guard Kyle Kuzma. So I say he puts the ball in, in the hoop a lot. I say he finishes with 31 points. Nine rebounds, eight assists, one steal, two blocks, 10 of 19, which is 52.6%. Field goal shooting, I think maybe when the Nets start to get things closer, I think Kuzma knocks down a few threes, uh, kind of change of momentum and kind of uh, quiets down the Barkley Center. I think he finishes with four threes uh, out of six, 66.7%. And then I think he'll make nine of his 10 free throws, 90%. I think he'll have just two turnovers and propel the Wizards and put the Wizards back on track. And by propelling them, to a victory in Brooklyn. And this game is going to be so interesting because with Irving out, because right calf soreness, a.k.a. the fact that he just requested a trade, with KD out, I mean, this Nets team just, I feel like, always has drama. They can't go a few months without having more drama. First, it's KD demands a trade, then Steve Nash gets traded, then they may hire Ime Udoka, then Kyrie Irving says comments in press conferences, and then Kevin Durant gets hurt, and Kyrie Irving requests a trade. Ben Simmons doesn't play well. I, I, nothing could be normal, I feel like, for this Brooklyn Nets team, and that's just this year. I haven't even gone back to past years with James Harden and all that. I feel like it's the same story for the Nets every year with some different players, with some same players. And everywhere in between. I hope you guys did enjoy this episode. If you did subscribe, follow, share, view. So yeah, that will be an interesting game to watch between the Nets and the Wizards. I'm really looking forward to watching that. Again, hope you guys did enjoy. Subscribe, follow, share, and view. And of course, as always, I will see you guys next time. Peace!